Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Sounded so convincing. So the weather has been phenomenal. The mornings have been nice. The evenings are good. Um, We're so glad you're here this morning. So glad you're here to worship. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. We hope that you'll make us your church home. So uh, you've kind of seen a little bit who we are. We want to encourage you to stay for our Bible classes, which happen after our worship. I want to encourage you to get involved in a small group. If you have questions about that, the gentleman who just led singing, Rodney Britt, is in charge of our small groups. You can get with Rodney, you can get with me, but we'd love to have you in a small group. We continue our sermon series today from the book of Acts, and it's a very powerful Series Powerful in the sense that God is doing something powerful in the book of Acts in the first century. Powerful in the sense that we believe God is still doing something powerful. Powerful in the sense that God shows up in an explosive way, a dynamite way. In fact, we're using chapter 1, verse 8 as our theme. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's our power source right there. Our power source is not us, it's not our abilities, it's not what we do. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, not just witnesses, but witnesses of Jesus. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we are empowered to witness. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you receive power. Power to do things that you couldn't do before you received the Spirit of God. Power for boldness. Power for courage. Power to be witnesses. Power to do things that you can't do on your own. That's why we need the Spirit of God. But that power doesn't always meet with approval. Being a witness is not always met with appreciation. Sometimes there is opposition. And so in today's lesson and in our next lesson, we are going to notice opposition to being a witness. Opposition to preaching and teaching about Jesus. Opposition to the resurrection. But you know that. You know about opposition. You've probably encountered some opposition. You've tried to share Jesus with family, with friends, with people at work. You've tried to share Jesus with maybe somebody in your neighborhood You've probably experienced opposition. You're fully aware of opposition. There's going to be opposition if you're a witness. They're going to be opposed to what you're saying. They're going to be opposed to the message. And they're going to take it out on you. Opposition. And so that's why we're looking at the book of Acts. It's the fifth book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. So it's the fifth book in. It's not hard to find. And it's a book about what God is doing. It's a book about being a witness. It's a book about being empowered by God. So we're going to notice the opposition today. Opposition to this thing. I I really like this verse. To stop this thing. They don't even know what to call this thing. I mean, the followers of Jesus are not even called Christians, Christ followers, until Acts chapter 11. So right now, to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must... Here's our first opposition. We're going to warn these men to speak no longer in this name. To stop this thing. This thing is really interesting. This thing has grown from 12 to Acts chapter 1, there's 120. To Acts chapter 2, 3,000 are added to this thing. 
Acts chapter 4, 2,000 more are added. Acts chapter 5, more and more people believed and are added to the number. And there's going to be many other references to the number increasing to this thing. This thing is growing. But opposition to this thing is also growing. Tempers are flaring. Tension is growing. And something is about to blow. Maybe it's the religious leaders. Maybe it's the rulers. Maybe they're fixing to blow. Their tempers are on high. Maybe it's God's power is fixing to blow in an even more powerful way. An explosive way. Because the Word of God continues to explode. People continue to be empowered and they continue to be witnesses. But here's one thing you can count on. Here's one thing you can always count on. When the Spirit of God shows up to bless, Satan is not far to curse. When the Spirit of God empowers believers, Satan shows up so that we won't be witnesses. Satan has already tried persecution from the outside. He's already tried corruption from the inside. You remember Peter and John were arrested. They were thrown in jail. So Satan has already tried to attack from the outside. Satan fills two Christ followers already, Ananias and, and Sapphira. And he fills their hearts with pride and they lied about their gifts. So Satan is trying to attack in any way he can to stop this thing. So we're going to notice opposition. Nobody can deny, no one can deny God's doing a great work. They've even admitted, we know God's doing a great work. No one can deny that God's moving in a powerful way, but that doesn't mean everybody likes it. That doesn't mean everyone is on board, because the religious establishment was opposed. They opposed the ministry of Jesus, and they killed Him. They opposed the ministry of the apostles and their preaching, and they're going to do everything they can to silence those apostles. So we're just going to notice a couple of passages today about opposition. And in our next lesson, I want you to see what opposition looks like. So let's notice this one. <clears throat> the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles. They put them in public jail. They brought the apostles before them, but they did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. They made them appear before the Sanhedrin. We talked about the Sanhedrin. That's like the Supreme Court of the religious establishment of that day. So they take them before the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, to be questioned. Can you imagine being questioned by the Supreme Court? Can you imagine going before all of those judges and have them ask you questions? That's what's going on here. And they said, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. And yet you're determined to make us guilty of his blood. I want you to notice how the apostles respond. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. Every time the crucifixion, the cross is mentioned in Acts, it's referred to as a crime. All right? God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance. Forgiveness of sins to Israel. We're witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit. We're bringing in the Holy Spirit, not just to show that we've been empowered, but the Holy Spirit is a witness as well, whom God has given to those who obey. <clears throat> so what do they do when they heard this? They're furious. 
Have you ever encountered someone who was furious? They're furious. And they wanted to put them to death. Just a couple of verses ago, they feared the people. And now, that fear seems to be gone. They're ready to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin in order that the men be put outside for a little while. So, here's what's going on. Gamaliel gets up and says, hey, listen, don't do anything rash. Don't do anything stupid. In fact, here's his speech. He says, men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutis appeared, claiming to be somebody. About 400 men rallied around him. He was killed. His followers were dispersed. It all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed. All his followers were scouted. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, listen carefully. You might want to leave these guys alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it's from God, do you really, do you really want to be up against God on this one? I mean, these two other guys, they failed, it dispersed, we wanted to make a big deal out of it, and it just kind of dissipated. Do you really want to make a big deal out of this thing? Because if you make a big deal out of this, and this is from God, it's not between us and these guys, it's between us and God. Do you really want to take God on on this one? If it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men, you'll only find yourselves fighting against God. So he says, listen, just, just calm down, just let these guys go. Just let this play out. So the Sanhedrin, this Supreme Court, they listened. Kind of. Because here's what happened next. They called the apostles in and they had them flogged. They had them beat. They took stripes. Lashes. Probably 39 lashes. 13 on the front. 26 on the back. Probably all the apostles. So they kind of listen to Gamaliel and he says, look, just let these guys go. But they're so angry and the opposition is so strong. It's like, okay, we'll let you go. But we're going to beat the fire out of you before you go. We just want you to know who's in charge. We want you to know who's calling the shots. And we want you to know we're serious about this. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. How do the apostles respond to this one? How would you respond to that kind of opposition? Here's how they responded. They left that Sanhedrin and they were rejoicing. They rejoiced because they'd been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts, from house to house, they never stopped teaching. They never stopped proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They leave the courtroom. They leave being threatened. They leave being flogged. They leave being beaten. And they do this. This is how they respond to the opposition. Kind of makes me wonder how we would respond today. Kind of makes me wonder if we would go home and Google for some good attorney. Turn on the television and all the commercials you see for a good lawyer. Why don't we call a TV station and let the TV station know how we were treated? Why don't we call the Better Business Bureau and report these folks? Kind of makes me wonder how we would respond today because we have rights. And nobody deserves to be treated this way. 
Which is a big difference between how they responded and how we might respond. I mean, they didn't quit. They didn't say, okay, look, listen, I, we didn't bargain for this. I mean, being arrested, okay. Didn't bargain for that. Being thrown in jail, alright, you're pushing the limit a little bit. 39 lashes, we didn't bargain for this. We quit. We're done. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't see that anywhere in the text. In the midst of this major physical opposition, they just keep doing what they've been doing. They just keep being empowered witnesses. That's all they know to do. They get arrested and they get beaten and when they get dismissed and when they get released, we're just going to keep doing what we've been called to do. We're going to be witnesses. And they never stopped. No complaints. But you know, this was really no surprise to them. I mean, Jesus told these guys, be on your guard against men. They'll hand you over to the local councils. They'll flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say. Because it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father who's empowered you is going to give you what to say. Jesus told them, hey listen, this is going to happen. Don't be surprised. And we shouldn't be surprised either. Here we are in great America and we're thinking we've got all these rights and people shouldn't mistreat us. We shouldn't be surprised at opposition. We shouldn't be surprised at what the government may say or do. We shouldn't be surprised at what we read going on in this world. We shouldn't be surprised at opposition. There's going to be opposition to being a witness. There's going to be opposition to preaching Jesus. So we've got some choices to make. We can do like the apostles, or we can complain and we can fuss and we can say, look, I knocked doors one time and the guy slammed the door in my face. I'm not knocking doors ever again. I don't deserve to be treated that way. There's going to be opposition from the outside. There's going to be opposition from the inside. There will be people on the outside who disagree. There's going to be people on the inside who disagree. There's going to be resistance from the outside. There's going to be resistance from the inside. Satan's going to use some folks outside the church. And as we've already seen, Satan will use folks inside the church. Nobody's off limits to Satan. Satan will do whatever he can and create and stir up whatever opposition he can to shut down this thing. Because he doesn't want us being empowered witnesses. He wants us to be silent witnesses. Bad witnesses. No witnesses. When we're empowered by the Spirit, there's going to be opposition. So how should we respond to the opposition? I guess the same way they did. We should rejoice. We should continue to witness day after day. In the temple courts, from house to house, we should never stop teaching. We should never stop proclaiming. We should tell everyone the good news that Jesus is the Christ everywhere we go. If you encounter opposition today, what should you do tomorrow? Same thing you did today. You need to be a witness for Jesus. Listen, folks. We don't need to retaliate. The apostles didn't. We don't need to resist. 
The apostles didn't. We don't need to get angry. We don't need to get hostile. We don't, don't need to get flared up. That's what the opposition does. I think the Bible says, speaking the truth in love. So we're called to be witnesses in love. And we're supposed to be witnesses with kindness. And we're supposed to be witnesses with words. And we're supposed to be witnesses with lifestyle. Why? Because <clears throat> we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God boldly. What should we do? We should pray for boldness. With great power, they continued to witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and much grace was upon them all. That's what we're called to do. I'm just not sure in our world of just be tolerant that we pray for much boldness. Because what if somebody gets upset with us? What if somebody hurts our feelings? I mean, what if somebody gets mad at us because we preach Jesus? According to the apostles, it's not about us. They're getting upset with Jesus. And they're being offended by Jesus. And so we need to keep preaching the good news. Why? Jesus tells us, dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Folks, listen. <clears throat> we're called to be witnesses. We're not the jury. We're not the attorneys arguing the case. We're not the judge. We're witnesses of Jesus. Our job, our responsibility, our role, our calling is just to go show people Jesus. Can you do that this week? Our responsibility, our calling is to be witnesses so that we can show people who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in our life. And if they don't like that, we go be witnesses to somebody else. And if they don't like that, we shake the dust off our feet and we go be witnesses to somebody else. Again, we're not the jury. We're not the ones who have to convince. We believe in the power of God that works through us and through our witness. How does God respond to opposition? Well, we're going to notice that in a powerful way at the next lesson. As we look at Acts 6 and 7 in the first part of 8. But I can tell you this, God responds to opposition in a powerful, explosive way. God's not afraid of opposition. God is able to handle any opposition that comes our way. God is able to empower us. God wants us to take a stand for Jesus. God wants us to show people Jesus. God wants us to preach Jesus. God wants us to teach Jesus. God is able to do whatever God wants to do. So don't be surprised if somebody says, Hey, hey, listen, listen. I don't want to hear any of that Jesus stuff. Just keep being a witness. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Don't do any of that at work. I don't want to hear about any of that. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to get angry. You don't have to get hostile. That's what the opposition does. They'll know we are disciples by our love and we just keep loving them and we keep being witnesses. 
So we offer the invitation of Jesus Christ today. And here's His invitation. You don't have the power to do this on your own. We don't have the power to be witnesses on our own. God calls us to be witnesses and He says, you know what? I'll give you everything you need. If you need boldness, I'll give that to you. If you need courage, I'll give that to you. If you have some fear in your life, I'll remove that. I will give you everything you need. We just have to open our hearts to God so that we can repent, so that we can name Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And part of being baptized is God indwells us and gives us His Spirit so that we can live the kind of life, empowered life, that He wants us to live. So if you've never named Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never been baptized for the forgiveness of sins, if you've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, can I encourage you to do that today or this afternoon or tomorrow, or whenever would be convenient for you, but don't delay. You need to name Jesus in baptism. If you need to meet with one of our shepherds, they go to the back when we stand, and you can meet with them, and they'll go to a private room and pray with you. You need to experience the power of God so that when opposition comes, God is able to work through you. If you need to respond, please do so as we stand and sing.